This program is brought to you by Grand Valley State University. Today with Sue Kidd of Choctaw, Arkansas. She played with the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. The interviewer is James Smither of the Grand Valley State University Veterans History Project. Now, can you begin by telling us a little bit about your own background? Uh, yes, I was born to uh, Marvin and Julia Kidd, 1933, the fifth of six children, three boys and three girls. And we lived on a farm at that time, a little place out in the country. And about the only recreation outside of work was playing ball, baseball. Dad was a great baseball player, and my two older brothers. And as I came along, I started playing also. In any free moment I had, we were playing ball. Okay. Now, did your father have any uh, sort of professional or semi-professional experience? Well, he tried out as a fairly young man with the St. Louis Cardinals and had not been cut. But since he had a wife and two daughters, young daughters at home already, he got homesick, decided he had rather be at home with his family and farm, even though he loved baseball. Now, when you were growing up and you were, you were playing ball, were, you play, were there a lot of girls playing ball? No, no. I don't know of any girls that played baseball at all except myself. I mean, they played ba uh, basketball, but not baseball. And there were no softball teams in that area. Mm -hmm. Now, did you eventually play other sports too? Basketball, yes. And of course, with the boys, I played football, but just for fun. The coach would have liked to have me play football, but mother was against yeah. that. Now, in general, how did people in, in, in the community or your family kind of respond to your playing all these sports? Well, they just thought it was great. And, of course, Dad always had to show me off throwing a ball to any stranger that came around and were interested and let me play with the men against uh, teams that were easier to beat, I'll say. You would let me play. Now, how was it that you wound up becoming a professional ball player? Well, I'll try to make it short, but uh, in school, the guidance counselor was trying to get me interested in uh, college courses, and I always told her that I was going to play professional ball. And she said, but Sue, girls don't play professional baseball. I said, I don't care. I kind of had the attitude that good Lord would see to that. And um, one day in the spring of 1949, probably March, she came down got me out of class to show me a magazine. It was a Look or Life magazine. I do not remember just which one. To show me about this league in the Midwest. And uh, so she quit trying to talk me in and go to college. And then in June, a man's professional baseball scout that my dad sent my older brothers to his baseball school and would have sent me, but they had no facilities for girls. Uh, came up to make sure that my dad took me to Little Rock, which was about 75 miles south, to uh, this game that these two girls teams were going to be playing because he thought I should try out. And so well, that's where we went. And I tried out before the game one afternoon they wanted to sign me into a contract, send me home to get packed to leave with them after the game the next day. So we drove home, mother washed and ironed all night, found the suitcase to pack my luggage in and close in, and uh, had to get back to Little Rock to go through the Bureau of Vital Statistics to get my birth certificate. 
luckily, one of the homeboys worked there, was kind of a supervisor in some department. He walked me through, and he could vouch for when I was born and everything because he lived in that community. So I was able to get it in one day. So at that point, you didn't actually have a birth certificate? One had not mm -hmm. been made for you? No. And I had no Social Security number until, of course, they got ready to pay me the first check. We were some playing in Oklahoma somewhere. Mm -hmm. And Lenny's intact, the manager, and one of the chaperones took me to some place. I don't know where it was, and I got a Social Security card. Okay. Now, when you were doing the tryout, were there a lot of other girls trying out, or just a few of you? Uh, I don't really remember anybody else except myself that particular night. Okay. And, and how did they actually do the tryout? Did they just put you up uh, on the mound and say pitch? Warm, no, they warmed me up on the side to a catcher. In fact, I think it was Wimp Baumgartner, and she was quite excited that I could throw the ball and throw the curve. And, and then they let me try on the mound a little bit and let me hit a few balls. And that was, they were ready to sign me. All right. Now, they've, they've told, some of the other players have told me it was not all that common to go pick up or add players in the middle of a barnstorming tour, because basically you have these two teams that are traveling around, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just playing all different places, mm -hmm. and then they give tryouts, but you right. tried out and you got in there. Mm -hmm. So you must have been pretty good. Well, everybody thought I was. <laughs> I guess I had them fooled. All right. Now, once you, once you signed up and, and you joined the team, well, first of all, how old were you? Fifteen. You were fifteen. How do they take care of a fifteen-year-old girl? Well, there were other fairly young ones. There were older ones. Of course, we had chaperones. We had a terrific bus driver who was like a grandfather to us. And they assured my folks that I would be taken care of, I'd be supervised, and I was. The first, of course, in the, I'm going to get off on a tangent now, but in the summertime, my mother usually just, I was like I had a bowl on my head because I either played ball, had a ball cap on, or was swimming in a creek or horseback riding. So she didn't try to curl it. So the first week on the tour, some of the older ones said, now Sue, we're gonna take you to the beauty shop down here and get your hair curled. So they, that's, I mean, it was stuff like that. And they helped me buy other clothes cause I didn't even have a lot of dresses. And you really needed skirts and blouses to be able to change back and forth. And like to ride on a bus in blue jeans or shorts, but if you got off, you had to put on a skirt. I mean, even at midnight. Okay. Were, <clears throat> when the league started, there were an awful lot of rules about conduct and dress and all of this. Right. Were all of those still in place when you joined? Not as many. You didn't have to practice walking with a book on your head and stuff. But as far as the dress and uh, being at curfews and stuff like that, drinking, smoking in public, and stuff like that, they were still pretty much in. And of course, we sneaked around smokes on us. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, and, and where were the people on your team from? Were they all from all over the place? or? Yes, sir. All uh, On the tour team, I know we had them from the East Coast. I don't remember any people offhand from California. Most of them were already good enough to be in the league. Mm -hmm. And, of course, these traveling teams were sort of like a rookie, rookie's team for practice. And sometimes they would uh, even call one up off of the tour to fill in where there were injuries. I remember Wimp Baumgartner, she was a catcher, and I think Peoria's catcher got hurt, and, and she was shipped up to catch the rest of the season. So things like that did happen. All right. Now, on this tour, uh, where did you go, or how far off did you range while you were going around? Well, we tra after they picked me up, they traveled in 25 different states. Uh, we went on from where 
when they picked me up, we went to New Orleans and, and circled back through Hot Springs and out through Texas, Oklahoma. And uh, I don't know whether we came back through, it seemed like we came back through southern Arkansas and then went down to as far as Pensacola, Florida, and wandered up the east coast in Virginia and some of those places on up clear into New Jersey and around in that area and then finished the tour in uh, West Virginia, Labor Day weekend. All right. Now, in the process, did you actually, did you, did you play in New York or go in New York City? Uh, we got to go to the Yankee Stadium and see five innings of a game one day on our, before we went on to play, I think, in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And I, what I remember, now you've got to figure me a little country girl, I've never been, and we're out here in, in New York, never been there, never been to that biggest city, largest city, and one, we had a rained out night or something, and one of the older ladies had been in New York City. She said, I know how to take this uh, subway. We were staying in Newark, New Jersey. We had to take a subway. And go, we were going to go over and get to see Times Square and all this and some kind of show. And uh, there was 12 of us. And six of us got on, and the one that knew her way around, they didn't make it. You know those doors. And the six of us were scared to death, but somebody had enough sense to say, let's get off at the next stop and wait on them. And that's what we did. And we got back together. Good Lord was watching after us. Yes, so. Yeah. All right. Now, once this, so basically the team spent its whole season essentially on the road going from one oh, place to another. Oh, the traveling teams, yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so you do it. And so you get to the end of the season, and then what happens? Well, you just, some of them got, the, the bus was originally from around the Fort Wayne area. And uh, unless you left there, which I did, and uh, we brought the girl from Shreveport, Louisiana back. My, my brother and my sister and her husband came to pick me up because uh, I wouldn't have known how to catch a bus back. I guess I could have been told, but the folks wasn't going to let that happen. And we gave her a ride, ride back to Shreveport. But the rest of them, a lot of them rode back to the Midwest on the bus and then disbanded in. Okay. Now, how did you communicate with your family while you're traveling around all these places? Telephone and, and writing. Mm -hmm. Of course, the folks had a schedule of where we was going to be, and they'd send a letter ahead, you know, by week right. or something like that. And okay. Uh, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Now, then, so you, you sort of, you get the winter off. Do you mm -hmm. go back home then for the winter? Well, I had another year of high school. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you go back to school. Yeah. Now, doesn't, does the season start then, though, before the school year's over? Yes, I got permission out of, to get out of high school to go to spring training. Okay. Uh -huh. Now, where did they hold spring training for you? Well, the first year that I went to spring training was in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Of course, before, when it was really going, a lot of fans before the war was over, they got to go to Cuba, mm -hmm. Biloxi, Mississippi, and different places. But I got to go the first year to uh, where did I say? Cape, Cape Girardeau. Cape Girardeau, Missouri. But um, after that, South Bend usually just went ahead and practiced at home. The season got to starting a little bit later. That first year I went into the league, it started in April. And uh, after that, it started more like the end of April, 1st of May. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, you moved from the traveling team, the barnstorming team, kind of the junior mm -hmm. level team, to, to one of the regular teams in 1950. You had kind of a, kind of a crazy set of assignments that year. Could you explain what happened to you that year? Okay, we went, I went spring training with uh, Muskegon, 
we trained in Cape Girardeau with the Fort Wayne Daisies. I know my dad was thrilled to death to get to meet Jimmy Fox. Mm -hmm. He played. He was professional. He coached the Daisies, and uh, we played ball. On we stopped off and played in different towns on our way back north. Well, by the time we got to Muskegon, Michigan, they had us younger kids in rooms of at least two or three, staying with family, you know, having rooms, and uh, we didn't even get to play first game till they. Uh, disbanding the, the Muskegon Lassies team. Mm -hmm. Because as I understand it, the best I remember, they had done away with men's baseball during the war. You know, that's one of the reasons the league was, and it, it, they decided to bring minor league baseball back. That was my understanding, mm -hmm. and I could be wrong on that. But, uh, and so then we had to move on. Right. And uh, they sent me to Peoria, Illinois, Red Wings, and I was there maybe five or six weeks. Had some very good games. I know I pitched a 16-inning game. I lost either one to nothing or two to one. And pretty soon, South Bend traded for me. And of course, I didn't know what was going on. I just, when I was told to report to somebody, they put me on the bus and I reported to them. So, all right. But yeah. Okay. Now, to, did you spend most of your career then with South Bend? Yes, sir. Um, except being on loan to uh, Battle Creek one time for 10 days or so. So how did that work, being on loan? Well, I was uh, disappointed at first, but I got over there and old Mudcat Grant was a former uh, professional pitcher. And he had a lot of confidence in me. And he wanted to pitch me every chance, every, as soon as I had a two or three days rest. He, when I wasn't pitching, he put me in, in another position. So when South Bend called me back. I was a little unhappy at first, but then we went on and won two championships, and in the long run, I was, I was happy. I went back to South Bend. All right. And I did get to play some first base and other places before it was over, even in South Bend. Okay. Now, when you were in South Bend, what kind of uh, just those living accommodations did you have? Well, the first year, I roomed with another lady at a widow lady's. We had rooms there. And then after that, four of us were able to get an upstairs apartment. One of the ladies went Baumgartner, in fact, mm -hmm. had a car. The other two, three of us didn't. So we kind of paid help with the expenses and all lived in this two bedroom. It had a kitchenette, bath and everything. All right, now the, did the league did not have a problem with that in terms of supervision and this kind of thing? No, because, well, Wimp was a little bit older, uh, one of the others. I was probably, I must have been 17 that first year I lived in an apartment. But you were still supervised to a certain extent by the family who owned the building, mm -hmm. e even when you were that young. We had to go through their front and up the stairs, so yes. All right. Uh, talk a little bit just about uh, your, your pitching career. I mean, you mentioned you'd had a 16-inning game and mm -hmm. you pitched. Did you pitch any no-hitters? I pitched a no-hitter on the tour. One an era liking to been a perfect, perfect game. Okay. They, uh, the record books also mention that you pitched the most innings of anyone in the league in 1953. I don't know. I pitched a doubleheader, too, and won both games. All right. Yeah. Uh, now, was, you mentioned you were on the team for, for two championship mm -hmm. seasons. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about those or what went on or why, what helped your team got, get ahead? Well, of course, the first one we won, we had a full, full team. And good pitchers, and I had my starts and everything. 
I kind of hate to talk about the second one, but I will since this is history. The second championship I played on, we had a, a terrific team. Last game of the season, we had a second baseman that she and the manager didn't get along greatly. And uh, he was trying to rest her and some of the starters because we were already in the playoffs. And it, I think it made her mad. And she was sitting on the bench and uh, had her spikes off and everything. And he, I think I got on base and he called for her to go in as a pinch runner. And she wasn't ready. Of course, he saw it. That's why he did that, exactly. And they had a big dispute. And he kicked her off the team for good. And I mean, the playoffs were to start in just a couple of days. And it ended up that we lost seven players, five of them starters, left fielder, center fielder, second baseman, first base pitcher, uh, third baseman, and another pitcher that walked off and supported her and left us with 12 players. All right, so then what did you do? We won, we won the championship. With just 12? Just with 12. Wow. When, uh, when I wasn't pitching, I was playing right field usually. And one night when I was pitching, and I got in a little trouble. Had a left-hand batter up that had hit me pretty hard. And the manager's wife, Jean Fout, the great, great star anywhere she played, was playing third base. She had to play third when she wasn't pitching. And he came out, called time, put her in to pitch for the left-hander, put me on third base. The only time I ever played third base in my life, and my knees were just shaking. And he said, you play in halfway. Don't let her bun on you. We got her out. We won. Next inning, I went in back to finish the game. <laughs> but that was my knees couldn't have shaken any worse than if I would have been threatened to be killed to be playing third base, mm -hmm. right in on top of the batter. Mm -hmm. So, but it was just for that one batter at least. One batter. I don't think I could have made it back out the next inning to play third base. Okay. That's kind of a hot corner. Now, over the course of the time that you were playing with the league, uh, what kinds of changes seemed to take place with it in terms of fan support or other things? Well, of course, if people had more things to do, television started coming in, tennis started dropping. And that was eventually what killed the league, of course. But also the baseball, <clears throat> where it was a little, I guess, 10 inches when I first started, came back to right in the last year we played with just the regular baseball size, mm -hmm. which was in my favor because all my life I had played at home with a regular baseball. So, and I loved the little ball much better. And uh, those were the main changes. Uh, things got, a, I, I think things got a little bit looser as far as uh, chaperoning and making sure you did this or you did that. But uh, it was still a good game. And now, were you planning on going back and playing in 55 yes, when the sir. league shut down? Yes, sir. I could have cried in my heart. I just turned 21 at the end of that season. I figured I had a good 10 years, nine or 10 years left and if it had gone on. I was just starting to, I, I had a pretty good temper. I could get mad and I was starting to be able to control it a little bit better. 
I would have liked to have at least another five years, I'll put it that way. Now, were you surprised that it shut down, or were you kind of expecting it? Well, there had been rumors, yes. I know uh, some of the trips we made that last year that we played, some of the times we were taken in, in cars instead of a bus. Mm -hmm. So, yes. Now, what was fan support like in South Bend? It was real good when I first, when I first began playing, mm -hmm. but it started dropping off, as it did most other places, yes. All right. Uh, now, when the league itself uh, shut down, what did you do at that point? Well, I went, I had already played basketball in South Bend with South Bend Rockets, Rockettes in 53-54. So I went home a few weeks and I had put my application in at Bendix, aircraft, whatever, break, and was called back in uh, October, or called up in October for a job because I wanted to play basketball again that year, but I knew I needed a job. And so I stayed on in South Bend and, and played basketball and worked at various jobs until I promised my dad in uh, 1959 that I'd come back to Arkansas the next year and go to college. My younger brother started college and uh, church college and he wanted me to go and I promised him in, in <clears throat> November. And on Jan I went back to South Bend. I choke up on this, I'm sorry. But I <clears throat> promised him and as the last time I saw him alive, he dropped dead with a heart attack on January the 2nd. So <clears throat> I figured it would take me, I didn't figure I could go then and uh, pay my way. But I worked one more year and saved my money, and I had some saving bonds. And I said, well, I'll, I've promised him. So the second year after he was gone, I did go back, but I went to Arkansas State Teachers. It was cheaper. I could get some scholar, some financial help after I went a year and realized I could make it. Because I'd been out of high school quite a, mm -hmm. I was 26 then, see. So um, when I decided I could make it, I was able to get loans. And since I did go into education, I didn't have to pay a lot of that back. So I was able to make it. So how does that work? You say you didn't have to pay a lot of that back. Is the state if you went into ed if you taught school, okay. they were crying for teachers at that time. Right. And if you went into teaching, you only had to pay, I mean, a very small percentage. I think I paid it off in about five years. So okay. I worked also, too. All right. Now, you mentioned you were playing basketball and you were working for companies. Did the companies sponsor teams, or how did no, that work? No, I mean, they'd just try to get you jobs with uh, the, our business manager would mm -hmm. ask around, get, usually get players a job that needed them. And uh, I worked at Bendix, they, but then Bendix, there was a nosedive again there, at, uh, was it the late 50s, that the economy kind of got bad. But I was lucky enough to always be able to get a job, at least during basketball season. All right. And then how long did, were you a teacher? 25 years. Uh -huh. Okay. And where did you teach? Uh, well, I started out in a country school in Cass County, Indiana, out of Logansport. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went home for the summer. And the superintendent from Logansport uh, had a friend of mine that I knew that I'd played softball call me and see if I'd come back to teach summer school. They needed another summer school teacher. So I was with my mother, but I had a sister living in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, her and her family, and 
brought mother back and she visited up there and I taught school about six, five or six weeks. And before the summer was over, the superintendent wanted me, he moved his staff around in town because he wanted me to teach school in Logan because he was for girls athletics and they were, that was before they really had teams, but he was interested, in, it was through GAA and stuff, but he was interested in them being taught the rules and, and the skills of different sports and stuff. So then I taught in Logan the last 24 years. All right. Uh, to kind of, are there, when you think back to your career as a baseball player, are there particular events or things that happen to you or people that, that, that tend to stick out in your mind or that come back to you that you haven't really talked about here yet? Well, of course, Lou Arnold was a fascination for me and an encourager, and I still give her a lot of credit. What I remember about her about the first year of spring training there, of course, I was used to playing with boys, you remember, and it was kind of root hog or die, whoever could get the ball first, you know. And one day when we were ready to warm up and everything, I dived in to get the ball, and Lou just kind of said, now, Sue, just slow down. There's enough to go around. She says, just take your time. And she was just always tried to encourage own manners. Thank you. you. You be raised on a farm with boys, and it's kind of root holler to die something, even though I had a good mother and father, disciplinarian. But you still, you fought for what you thought were yours. So Lou helped me on a lot of things like that. Mm -hmm. I'll say that. And uh, I don't know. Lenny's intact that was on the tour. I uh, was teased a great deal with my southern accent, my hillbilly ways. And I, I mean, I didn't mind except sometimes I'd almost be in tears. But uh, on my 16th birthday, when I entered the bus, he grabbed me and gave me a big kiss. Of course, my face turned all red and I was about halfway crying. He says, now, Sue, I want you to, he, he didn't say it right then in front of people, but he said, I want you to realize when people kid you, they like you. So just take that as a compliment. And that always stuck with me, too. And so I thank thanked Lenny Zintak for that. All right. Mm. To look back over the career, uh, how do you think that wound up uh, affecting you, either the kind of person you became or what kind of life or career you went into? A great deal. I might not have ever left the state of Arkansas. I'm, I doubt that I would have even gone on for college education. And then all the friends you make and all the places you go. And I kept in touch with a great deal of those friends and then when we started having these reunions. When would I have ever had a chance to be a small part of a movie like uh, League of Their Own? You get to pitch batting practice to Penny Marshall mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So how so, good a hitter was Penny Marshall? Well, she could hit the ball. <laughs> it's not like some of those others that I hit, had to hit the bat for them, the older players. All right. What did you think of the movie itself? Did you think it did a good job? With I, thought it did. I thought it did a great job. Of course, part of it was Hollywood. Like, a manager would have never gone in the locker room. and He would have never been drunk, I mean, like mm -hmm. that. They wouldn't have allowed that. But a lot of people thought they would would never have had a little boy like that. But Gene Fout and the manager were man and wife. And sometimes, if they didn't have a babysitter, their little Larry were what it was. I've got a picture of he and I on the 
steps of the dugout in Kalamazoo, I think it was. I was tying my shoes and he was standing there helping me. <laughs> and uh, so, as I, people that I've heard, because I, I saw the movie in a lot of places and maybe made a little t talk, even though I'm not a good speaker, about it. And um, when somebody bring up that, I said, oh yes, that, that's nothing false about that. And because we ourselves had a little boy that traveled part of the time. He had his own little uniform. and. Uh, so that could have very well, that was based on him, probably. Well, speaking of pictures, just incidentally, I, I heard there was some publicity picture with you on a donkey. Uh -huh. Could you yes. explain that? Yes. Well, it was during spring training, and uh, the manager just said, you're going out to so-and-so's farm this afternoon, have your picture taken on a donkey. And I don't know. I think they had a suitcase for me. I don't think I had to take mine. But it was just for publicity. That was probably in 52, might have even been early, when, you know, when the uh, attendance was dropping. Anything for a little publicity, we had different things. But uh, I, had, I was supposed to be coming in for spring training, riding my donkey. Mm -hmm. And I was a little irritated because it wasn't at least a saddle horse, as <laughs> I said. And, uh, but that's all right. And then they had a, a night that I guess there was baseball running, uh, pitching for accuracy, and they brought that darn donkey out and I had to ride him to the mound. Now there's no pictures of that, but that crazy thing balked on the third baseline and I had to get off of him and lead him across to get back on him, or I did because I was stubborn too, mm -hmm. and made him take me to the mound. But just things, but anything to try to help attendance. Sure. Uh, now, do you, ever think that, that maybe they ought to come and try to create a Women's Professional Baseball League again? Or? It'd be great for women to love baseball as much as I did and the rest of these ladies. And do you think it's something that's likely to happen at any point? I don't know. You've got to have sponsors. Yes, so uh, do you pay much attention to like women's basketball, for instance? There's a professional league out there now? Off and on, off and on. I, I mean, they play good basketball. I'd like to have been able to play on that because basket, I love basketball during basketball season like I love baseball during baseball season. So it would have been hard for me to choose. I'd like to play them both. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, anything else you'd like to add to the record here before we close out the interview? I think we've pretty well covered everything. Right. The preceding program is copyrighted by Grand Valley State University. Visit us at gbsu.edu.